Alright, why well, I can't vote for any of the parties? And why? So first, we'll go backwards. Okay, how about that? So the People's Party of Canada, it's got the least support, which surprises me to a certain extent because I feel they are... Well, mainly because I see so much of it. I see people who are worried that there's so many immigrants coming in, but not for how they're characterizing it, not for xenophobia, but because they're stressed at just making ends meet and, you know, getting by themselves. And then they see all these people coming in and they hear all these terrible things. So, yes, the concern is real about rampant immigration, people just coming across the border. Because, one, safety. Two, which, can we afford this? That's all that is. So I'm surprised they don't have more support. Now, he's just xenophobic in their stance, and he just seems too much and extreme, and who knows what they actually are. And he comes from a conservative background, so, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm getting at here, is party politics used to be a way to know where someone stood, how they believed, felt, right? So someone is a liberal, then, you know, they feel this way, they're conservative, they go this way, but it's far too broad, right? People's uh, Party of Canada, right? Who knows? Are they conservative? Are they, uh, I hate to say it, are they uh, some sort of xenophobic, uh, racist bigot? Um, or are they just someone who, maybe like me, just sees the reality of the people that live here already in Canada, feel like they're having a hard time getting by. That businesses is over, uh, companies, corporations are overreaching, and there's issues that we're all dealing with, right? So to be bringing in hundreds of thousands of new Canadians without taking care of the ones that are already here, I mean, that rings true to a lot of people nowadays. That's why nationalism is so rampant all around the world. I was just talking to a gentleman who, from... America, essentially, but lived in Taiwan and China and Canada and family all around the world. And exactly, the nationalism's taking hold around the world. So that's why I can't support that. It seems just too extreme. And the same can be said for the Green Party. I find them just too extreme. I am a devout environmentalist. I have been for 30, 40 years. But I also have common sense. So as example, a carbon tax that could cripple the economy, how is that going to help the environment, right? And some of the other policies are just extreme, but it's ignoring something as simple as compost, right? Our landfills, a good chunk of that is compost. Why don't we have a, a you know, a national compost, pro, uh, compost uh, program? Why don't we actually deal with some of the other issues we're dealing with? Why don't we broaden uh, hemp use? And I mean, there's so many, so many things that could be done. Um, and then pipelines. Let's be honest. No pipelines. Well, how is that oil and gas going to be shipped? Because you're not going to ban gas use. Imagine what that would do to a, a first world country. It's like, yep, nope, can't drive your gas vehicle anymore. Diesel, nope, 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 nope. Sorry, battery, that's all you can. So it's just rich, you know... And what happens when the batteries run out? And anyways, right? Mass transit. 
a big push, you know, thousands of dollars paid to an individual buying an electric vehicle. Where is the mass transit that everybody can use? You know, show me uh, outside of a, a big metro, metropolitan area. Show me where you can take the bus um, to the doctor without having to take the whole day off of work. Show me where um, you can get to and from work in under two hours of travel time. That's in your city. Show me a place where you can get a bus every 10 minutes over here. You know, I mean, we're paying lift service to some of the stuff that would make a huge difference, right? Really, truly encourage people to carpool, walk, use their neighborhood, right? A couple of years ago when we moved here, we actually did that. It's like, we're not going to drive to the grocery store if we can just walk. Even if it's a bit of a hike, we'll plan around this, right? We'll go a little more often, right? Now, the NDP is the same sort of idea. I mean, I give the leader of the NDP some credit because uh, you can go back and look at a CBC where um, uh, Mr. Ford and Mr. Singh debated uh, mass transit use in, I think it was uh, Metro Toronto. And I think they were talking about the trolleys. And they... Both missed the mark, but they were both very close on their points. First point was Ford. He said, hey, we're paying a lot of money. It's not being used. He's not wrong. Mr. Singh said, hey, well, you got to build it for them to use. He's not wrong. Okay. So what you need to do is find that middle way between the two. Right. Make it feasible. Start slowly, start promoting it, start encouraging it, start even mandating it, like Montreal is starting to talk about. Some of the mandating um, for a greener, carbon-neutral sort of uh, city. Um, now, the liberals and the conservatives. So, I'll say conservative... Um, once again, you used to be able to support a party because, hey, I'm a conservative, this is how I feel, but... I don't think it's that way anymore. I mean, um, I mean, recently, Sheer appeared talking about religious freedoms with a group, um, and arguably the group is very conservative, and they don't believe, and it's not even a religious, it's not even religion, um, but he had a problem stating his stance on abortion. Let's be honest, that's not the idea behind this. The idea behind this is, hey, is what he eventually came around to say, but it was like pulling teeth. The answer to that is, hey, I'm pro-life, but I support what my constituents support. So he should have just out said, yes, I'm pro-life. That's why I didn't support um, same-sex marriage before. He hasn't evolved. He even maybe mentioned that at one time. So this wishy-washy stuff in the point of just being dishonest or inauthentic is a loss for me. But then, of course, finding out that he's had no real experience. We'll talk about this. If you were going to get a teacher, a guru, a sadhu, a, a sifu, a professor, someone's teaching you a way. You're not going to go with someone who hasn't lived any life. You want someone who is experienced. How can you teach someone a way if you haven't traveled that way? 
anyway. <laughs> so, you know, let's talk about the conservatives themselves. I mean, uh, we're, we're actually currently dealing with this in Ontario that they're doing some slash and burn. And I myself, so I'm biased, but I got totally derailed. I uh, went to, uh, to post-secondary and the cutbacks hit me and I couldn't even finish uh, my uh, course because of the cutbacks. So I actually got completely uh, thrown under the bus, even with the, uh, the student loans too. Just a complete schmazzle, shisho. Now, as far as the liberals, I mean, I'll keep it simple. Um, I, I never supported them, but I certainly like the idea of um, election reform, which was the biggest lie or broken promise, whatever you want to call it. But again, this is, I'm not going to have a drama teacher, right? As my political leader, I want somebody who's actually lived life and had experience and you know, maybe even had challenges. And certainly not a hypocrite. Um, some of the things he's done, uh, he used the, the, supposedly used the millennial vote to get elected with marijuana, and all he did was make it less available. Um, and he's forced, you know, our kids to turn to prescription pills and alcohol because we all know kids are going to, they're going to do something. They're going to misbehave in some way. They're going to rebel in some way. I mean, cannabis has been proven by scientific studies to be a safer alternative. But let's just be honest and talk about compassion. I mean, he's taxing something that supposedly people are using for medicine. That just, that makes no sense. He used uh, the cannabis legalization, which was just uh, corporatization, he used that as an excuse to enrich his cronies, his buddies. You can go and look at that. I mean, it's making only a small segment. But that's neither here nor there. It's the hypocrisy of uh, saying one thing and doing another, right? Talking about giving a third of a billion dollars to Africa for, for literacy for women and then treating two of his cabinet members who happen to be the women like absolute garbage, right? Or the blackface. Let's be honest, a lot of people don't have a really good memory, but um, I'm about Trudeau's age. So I remember him being that about that age. And I understood. Now, it may be because uh, I'm a jazz fan and have been since I was a teen, pretty much, since I found uh, the complete birth of the cool, Miles Davis, birth of bebop. Um, so I've always understood that minstrel shows were very racist, or at least it's very cringy. So to go in blackface, incredibly cringy, right? And I have an example for that. See, um, I'll have to go and check, but this was, I was a little bit older, I might have been like 18 or 19, but this was around the time when Trudeau said, well, I didn't know, bull. I went for Halloween. I had um, one year I, w I had an afro, so I made good use of it. One year I went as Link from the Mod Squad, and I wore the afro and a kind of a funky 
uh, retro 60s type tie and a orange shirt. So I just dressed like him and dressed to, you know, bring to mind the 60s sort of thing. Didn't go in blackface. Then another year, I went as, I'm trying to remember the movie, um, Dead Americans or Dead Presidents. Dead Presidents. And it was uh, about a bank robbery, a heist. And um, their disguise was to paint, the, and it's kind of funny too, but paint their face. And that's they talked about this. There was some irony in that, right? Uh, it was kind of like a reverse minstrel blackface. So it was black, not brown. Truly black, just in the center of the face with like white highlights, but not in the highlights. It's kind of like a reverse highlight to what the minstrel wear. Now that I did wear, and it was on a Halloween, it was kind of cool, and you know, that I call me, I might be wrong, but I mean, that's from a movie, that's nothing, that's not a cultural sort of thing, and and it was timely, because uh, Dead Presidents had just come out, right? So once again, a lie, he lied about this, he lied about that, he lied about this, he lied about that. Liberals are supposed to be progressive, so you're supposed to really care about the environment. You're supposed to care about um, Aboriginal issues, right? The clean water, nothing's been said. The uh, missing and exploited children, nothing's been said. Um, the hypocrisy, the cannabis file is an absolute joke. Um, the absolute 180-degree turn he took on um, election reform. Um, the benefits for him, right, or his family is fine. But for others, oh, no, you're supposed to, uh, you know, go without for the benefit of others. And so, you know, that's, again, I mentioned the personal issues with the leaders of those two parties. That's most important right now because that's who's going to be running the show. And without election reform, that's who we're voting for. But if you drill down to party politics itself, it's become a cult of personality. So that, to me, is why I couldn't vote for either one of those. But if you go and look at the party policies, they once again, the liberals say one thing, they're doing another. The conservatives say one thing, they're doing the other. So the liberals are saying they're progressive, they're reformed, they're like, you know, mass-minded, meaning they're thinking about everybody rather than just for themselves. But in reality, they're just lining their own pockets and taking care of their cronies, their buddies, their, you know. Those, you know, you're either with us or you're against us. The conservatives are the same, except they're doing it in a reverse way. Saying, oh yeah, we're taking, look, we're taking care of the regular man. And then really, they're just screwing. So it's, they're both taking care of the, honestly, when you drill down to it, they're both taking care of the same people, leaving behind the same people. Right. So and again, I'll go back and I hate to uh, to slag on him, but the NDP, I mean, I'll give uh, Mr. Singh credit. He uh, gave a speech and said if uh, if Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver was without clean drinking water, would you would you be balking at the cost of getting clean drinking water to Vancouver? No. No, never. So on what planet do we not even care that the majority or whatever it is, if there is any number of Aboriginal communities without drinking water, 
that is an issue that needs to be fixed, not ignored, right? Um, but at the same time, if we were to vote for him, he'd put in these policies that would be crippling to either our economy or our society because it would be so um, divisive. When in reality, what is the job of a government? It's not to be. That's the problem here in Ontario. Everyone's against Ford. They're using Ford to keep the conservatives down. Because what has Ford done? He's just divided the people. He wasn't voted by the majority of the population. So that should have told him, them, and I also hear they have quite the uh, um, data sets available. So they know this better than we do. That if, if you were voted in by the minority of the province, that means you need to come more, what do they call that, you know, a little more to center. You need to represent the entire province, no matter what. Even if 70% of the province voted you in, that still means you have to look out for the other 30%. But in this case, 40-some percent of the population voted for you. That means 60, 50-some percent, 50-plus percent of the population of the province now require you to look out for them. They don't agree with your policies. So that means you have to think about their needs. And you can't just say, no, too bad. You're not with us. And that's where the problem comes in. Cult of, uh, cult of politics, right? The cult of personality and the party politics. Right? They're completely the opposite of what they're supposed to be, right? The cult of personality in politics is really supposed to be about someone who's charismatic. That's important to get people's attention. But also, you know, has these values, right? But at the same time, Rick's respects um, his constituency's uh, values, right? A and broadly, right? Because you got to understand that you have to have a set of beliefs that you run on, get elected um, to implement. But at the same time, once you're elected, you have to make allowance for those that didn't vote for you. Otherwise, you're missing the point. The same can be said for the uh, party politics, Right? As I said at the beginning, party politics was designed so that you could get a better sense as to a candidate's um, platform, belief system, what they feel, how they feel, right? If they're a Green Party, they're very environmental, conservative, they're business-minded, liberal, they're very, you know, social program and, uh, you know, lift everybody up. So what, you know what I mean? There was a time... You could go by that, but you no longer can. Now it's just, it's a matter of uh, who's writing the check and, uh, you know, who knows who and, you know, like, hey, we're a team and this is, this is honestly, we both, we all have the same end goal is just to enrich in ourselves either fame or ego or wealth or because we know better, right? It's never about let's all get along. It's never about equanimity, fraternity. It's never about compassion, understanding, 
never about authenticity anymore. And that's truly the heart of everything we're talking about. Because really, how can you have a democracy if you don't have authenticity? How can you have a democracy if you don't have a true democracy? And you don't have a true democracy when you have these special interest groups, when you have these politicians that are just out for themselves or out for their special interests, or honestly, is simply a politician who feels it's them or us. It's a wrong belief. It's a wrong view to have. And I guess that's about it. I mean, I would leave that, leave it with um, the Buddhist notion that you should treat everybody as a potential Buddha, everybody you meet as a potential Buddha. So the same can be said for politicians, and I'm sure it's been said before, that you should teach, uh, treat everybody as a potential voter. Right? And really take that to heart. Not for somebody to give you a vote and then you're into power. No. For somebody that supports you and somebody that you support and represent. That's what that's supposed to mean. Right? We support you. You're supposed to represent us.